the last time. Those of you who were here last week understand that we heard this particular event from Matthew's account. Uh, while three of the Gospels mention Jesus walking on water, there are different nuances in each Gospel. For instance, you might recall that Matthew is the only Gospel writer who includes the part where Peter got out of the boat. But to here we turn to Mark in Mark's account of the, gospel, of the account of Jesus sending his disciples into the storm in order to get to a place called Bethesda. Now, those of you who heard the scripture reading earlier might understand that they were already in Bethesda. At least that is according to Luke's version. But here Mark says that Jesus sends them to Bethsaida. He mentions only, he is the only gospel writer to say that the disciples were sent to Bethsaida. Matthew does not tell where they were going. And John says not Bethsaida, but Capernaum. But Mark says Jesus told them to go to Bethsaida. Uh, some of you might come back and understand why in just a moment that Mark would say, go back to, go to Bethesda. But here's what I wrestled with in this text, that the disciples of Jesus, you, you know the story, Jesus saw them out fishing and told them to drop their nets and follow him. Peter and Andrew, James and John were all professional fishermen. In understanding that trade, they had to know when a storm was on the horizon. They had to be aware that when they saw dark clouds in the sky, that there was a possibility that they might encounter a storm. But I find it interesting that none of them raises a challenge to Jesus about the weather. I think some of us are like Alex sometimes when we see any dark cloud. We anticipate a storm coming, and when we anticipate a storm coming, we don't move. But these disciples did not challenge Jesus on his instructions to go to the other side. Now, now for a moment, let's revisit why Mark says to go to Bethsaida. Well, at least three of Jesus' disciples were from Bethsaida, Peter, Andrew, and Philip were all from the city of Bethsaida. And so Jesus says to them, go home. Now, now, ordinarily, this wouldn't be problematic, but if you go back and read over Mark chapter 6, in the beginning of the gospel, right? In the beginning of the gospel, in chapter 6, it talks about how Jesus went home. And the folk didn't want anything to do with him. Can I pause here for a moment? Because there's sometimes when the Lord sends us to our own folk, they don't want anything to do with us. The Lord will send us to our own folk. And they will remind us of who we were and where we've been. The Lord will send us to our own folk. They will tell us that we're no good, that, that, that we're good for nothing. The Lord will send us 
to our own folk. But if Jesus was rejected at home, sometimes we get discouraged because home folk don't appreciate us. But I'm so glad that before Jesus sent them back home, we see that even Jesus is limited at home. For it's the only place in the Bible where it said Jesus could not work. That, that, that's what Mark said. Jesus could do no mighty work there in Nazareth because of the way folk treated him. So we find these disciples following Jesus' instructions to go across the sea to Bethsaida, the, the house of mercy. We, we find them on their way. But then a storm comes. We find them going and as they're trying to make their way to where Jesus told them to go, they encounter a storm. They're struggling as the text said, they're trying to row. Now, I, I, I need to sidetrack a little bit because there's something a little different between a sailboat and a rowboat. In a sailboat, you expect the wind to carry you where you need to go, and so you rely on the wind. But here they are, not in a sailboat, but they're in a rowboat. They tried to make their own way. They were working hard, trying to keep the boat on course. But every now and then, a wind would blow, and a wave might toss the ship. They find themselves struck, stuck. But Mark raises for us another point. They didn't remember, but they didn't understand the significance of what they had just experienced. <laughs> Go back to chapter 4, verse 45. Jesus said immediately after this, after, right after, he had just taken two fish and five loaves of bread and fed a multitude right after this. They found themselves in a storm. And so I believe Mark is telling us to go back and look at what happened when Jesus was presented a challenge and he only had two fish and five loaves of bread and had a hungry multitude to feed. Well, when I go back and look at Mark's account of feeding the 5,000, we find that Jesus and his disciples were on their way. But before they got there, the people had gathered. You might not catch it right now, but Jesus was on his way. He had not gotten there yet, but the problem came into existence. So we find that when Jesus feeds the multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread, that he had already worked out a solution before he reached the problem. They had forgotten that the Lord had already worked it out. They had forgotten that the Lord had already made a way. Well, what is Jesus trying to show them that while you're struggling to make it to the other side, the Lord has already made a way. You're sitting there struggling with the storm and the wind and the waves, but the Lord has already made a way. They had forgotten that when they gave Jesus the loan, the loads were broken. You know, sometimes we like to be all together. We like to put on a mask and make folk think that we got our, our lives all together, but they didn't remember that the loads were broken. But 
the miracle of it is, is that before he broke the load, he blessed the load. So those who had been broken had already been blessed. They had forgotten that whatever the storm does to you, you've already been blessed. But here is another thing, the broken load was still in Jesus' hand. Y'all didn't get it yet. You know, sometimes life weighs down on you. Sometimes you feel like giving up. Sometimes you feel like you've been broken into pieces. But the broken loaves were still in the hands of Jesus. When life gets the best of us, when we feel like giving up, we ought to remember that we're still in his hand. They didn't see Jesus with him, but they have to remember that we're still in his hand. Mark said something else happened. When Jesus did the miracle of the Lord, two fish and five loaves fed a multitude. But all four gospel writers say that after the miracle, there was some leftovers. You can see my backside. 
Every now and then we need to be able to see the glory of God passing over us. The text says that Jesus does not pass by them because he heard them crying out. And so rather than passing by them, Jesus speaks to them. Do not be afraid. I'm here. Let me say that again. Do not be afraid. I'm here. Okay. Maybe you hadn't been in a storm or two in life, but be not afraid. I'm here. He speaks to them. But here's the kicker. Jesus saw them before they were looking for him. I, 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 I tried to read over the text where they would cry out for the Lord to help them. But they never seemed to cry out, Lord, help us. But the text said that while they were struggling on the wall, Jesus saw them and he came to them. Now he's speaking to them, don't be afraid. I am here. That sometimes we think that we're going through life all alone and he's saying to us, don't be afraid. I'm here. And Jesus not only says that I'm here, but then Jesus gets on the ship with them. When he gets on the ship with them, they're no longer handled by the storm. When they get on, when he gets on the ship with them, they no longer feel the wind and the waves tossing them to and fro. When he gets on the ship with them, they have a sense that everything will be alright. When Mark says they didn't understand the miracle of the Lord, some of us today don't understand what the Lord has already done. Because if we really understood what the Lord has already done, we know he can do it again. If we understood what the Lord has already done, we know he can do it again. The same God that closes doors that no man can open is the same God who can open doors no man can close if he's done it before. He can do it again. Too often we find ourselves beat up by the storms of life. Simply because we don't remember what the Lord has already done. When we look over our lives and we begin to think things over and we call the record what the Lord did for me on yesterday, when other folk wrecked, he kept me safe. What the Lord has done for me yesterday, when other folk were hungry, he, he was bread on my table. What the Lord has done for me yesterday, when I was wondering how I was going to pay my rent, he was my shepherd. In the time of storm, when we remember what the Lord has already done, we can face the storm, the trials, the struggles, the losses, the incapacities of life because we know who has all power. I'm getting ready 
clothes. But they said they were amazed. Because when Jesus got on the ship, the wind and the waves stopped. Those of you who were here last week heard me say that folk thought that the wind and the waves were beyond the control of God. They thought that they could do nothing but weather it out. And so what they learned in this moment that they can actually trust that Jesus is able to control the storm. What they learned in this moment is that what they believed to be beyond even God's control that all they had to do was cast it into the hands of Jesus. He had power over the storm. Some of you are going through storms in life. And you're like these disciples rowing against the wind. Complaining that you're making no progress. But I want you to think. I want you to take a moment. And remember the last that the Lord has done for you. As you remember the last thing the Lord has done for you, you ought to know that the Lord will, the Lord can do it again. The storms don't stop God from being God. 